0: I hope you just will enter into these prayers uh, as I pray. Uh, We serve a a big God, and He can hear more than one of us pray at a time uh, because He is uh, everywhere present. And uh, wow, we serve a great and powerful God. Let's look to Him. Father, this morning as we uh, just pause... uh, And yet, Lord, sometimes I wonder if we ought not spend all day in prayer. Uh, And we should because Jesus spent hours and hours in prayer as our example. Uh, But Lord, I thank you that we do have this privilege of bringing our uh, hearts to you and bowing before you and crying out to you, knowing that, that you do love us and that you do care for us and Lord, help us as, as your children uh, to accept uh, your ways uh, because so, much, so many of the times they're not our ways. And yet, Lord, your ways are better than our ways. And you know more uh, than we could ever imagine or think and that you love us and that you're taking care of us. But, Lord, you've also told us to, to cry out to you and that's what we're doing this morning. We're simply crying out to you, Lord, because we need you. Uh, we're hopelessly uh, lost uh, without you. And uh, Lord, as we have sung about th- your love this morning and your care and, and all that you do for us, we just praise your holy name. We worship you, Lord, because you are worthy of all praise and all glory. And. Uh, and so, Lord, work in each of our hearts as we even look into Your Word this morning. Uh, open our hearts, and Lord, show us uh, where we fall short. And and Lord, could we all fall short? And uh, uh, many times the arrow just falls off the end of the bow. We fall that that short of the glory of God. And but uh, so, Lord, work in us by Your mighty power. And uh, uh, create within us a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within us. And and may, as the deer pants uh, after the living brook of water, we might uh, pant after and and hunger and thirst for your word and and be thirsty uh, for your word. And may it uh, nourish us and strengthen us and guide us. And uh, so... Again, we need you, Lord. We need you. And we left to you, God, the, the request uh, that we've mentioned and these that are in the uh, bulletin. I would pray for Evo, uh, who needs Christ, that you would uh, uh, open his eyes and uh, show him his need of a Savior, that he is lost uh, and without hope, without Christ, Lord, I would pray uh, for this uh, woman that we met last night, Peggy, who has heart trouble and is on oxygen, and uh, her daughter who is lost, uh, most likely, and, and I just lift her to you, and that you would give her peace and and strength, and uh, Lord, I thank you that she is a believer, she knows you, and she confessed that, and so Father, uh, just be with her, and for. Uh, Josh and, and Chelsea, uh, Lord, and what they're going through uh, with their uh, newborn, uh, uh, Lord, again, these things come into our lives, and, uh, uh, but Lord, you, you said that uh, all of these things are for a purpose, and I pray that you would uh, heal this child. And Lord, that uh, you would uh, be merciful uh, and uh, and bring healing and, and give the doctors wisdom, and then comfort for Josh and Chelsea as well, and for Wilda and, and uh, this this cough and this as uh, uh, she fights this virus, Lord, strengthen her, and also for Jasmine and Skip. And uh, who are expecting twins, we, we lift them to you. Also for, for Bert, who has a, a pneumonia and is, is suffering, Lord, that you would uh, bring healing to him. And also for the Collier family and, and, uh, and uh, bring peace and, and for this nephew healing and, and uh, uh, for Ron's brother, Robert, uh, for Meredith God we we pour out our hearts to you over her and we love her and and Lord you know that and but God have mercy on her and just uh, uh, bring healing to her mind open her understanding that she might see her sin and that she would repent and uh, also for Wanda as well and also for Amelia and, and, and Andrew, as they uh, desire to go to the mission field, that you'd open the doors uh, and show them exactly where they should go and what they should do and, and, uh, and for the opportunity that's before them. Help us all uh, that we might desire to, to be missionaries, to, to speak to, to our next-door neighbor, to speak to those who we come in contact with. Lord, that you would give us boldness and, uh, because, Lord, they need to hear the truth. And so, uh, so many times, Lord, we find ourselves frightened or, or uh, hindered from speaking up. But Lord, give us a power from on high, an unction on high to, to declare you before uh, this lost and dying world. And so, Lord, bless our country and our uh, president Give him wisdom and strength and his cabinet and, and all that, the wickedness that's, that's in this nation of ours, uh, from the millions of babies who are being aborted to, to all the uh, racketeering, to uh, those who would do us harm. Uh, God have mercy on us. And we pray for those who are serving in the military, for Sam and others and Josh and and just be with, be with them and work in their hearts. And uh, we lift up particularly Sam to you at this time that you would work in his heart and his life. And we ask all of these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> what a privilege to, to bring our uh, and pour out our hearts to our God. And in Second Timothy chapter 2 is where we are. Uh, and uh, last week we looked at, uh, and we will be looking at that this week, the life of uh, teachers, pastors, uh, even uh, all believers as well. Because really what's for elders, the, the qualifications in a sense for elders of uh, uh the fruits of the spirit and so forth and to to witness and to transmit the truth and uh, to be a good soldier as we'll see today. That's for us as well. So this is, even though Paul is writing to Timothy, we find Paul wrote to the Ephesians about being a good soldier and all. So don't, don't just tune out and say, oh, this was for Timothy and it's not for me. <laughs> because it's easy to do that. Well, that's not for me. That's for my wife or... Uh, the person back there really needs this and uh you know that <laughs> and that's most likely true and uh but anyway so we 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 find paul uh last week just telling timothy to grow uh and be strengthened in the grace that's found in Christ and wow do you realize there's no grace apart from Christ no. uh Uh, All religions are work-related. You've got to do something. But in Christ, it's all grace. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the only religion you'll find. Grace and faith, salvation. And uh, it's the only true. It's the only true uh, gospel. As Paul so clearly teaches and he tells also Timothy and us as well to uh, transmit the truth from person to person. Paul received it, remember, from from Christ himself. Paul uh, gives it to Timothy. Timothy is or, is to teach other faithful men and women who are also to teach faithful men. And that's how we become Christians ourselves. As somebody told us, or you heard it, or Maybe you were saved in the Billy Graham Crusade or something, but uh, uh, so it's, this is uh, a picture of what a real believer is to be like. and this this uh, morning I want to look at three more pictures of, uh, of a pastor, teacher, uh, believer. And the first is a picture of a soldier and that's found in verse three and four of Second Timothy two and let's read uh, down through verse six, we're going to look at a soldier, we're going to look at an athlete, and then we're going to look at a farmer, and see how these relate to the Christian life. And Paul, you know, just he, he was like Christ in that he gave simple examples. You know, you can't stand before God someday and go, you know, I just didn't understand that. You just made it. You, if you could just use a simple example, no. He uses things that we can understand. He's a soldier, an athlete, a farmer. We can all relate to that. And I hope that uh, I do justice to it this morning. Verse 3, though, of Second Timothy 2. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service, service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And of course that's God himself or Christ. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. And then verse six, the hard working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. And so a very simple uh, illustrations or examples or pictures of what uh, the christian life is about why did paul pick a soldier uh, as an example well remember he's in prison and he may even be chained to a soldier certainly the guards there and the romans uh, their uniforms were were very bright and and so seeing soldiers was not something that was hard to 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 do or to find they were everywhere and so he uses this example, and uh, probably being chained to one himself, we find that the uh, Christian life is one of warfare. Okay, yep. it's one of warfare. We don't think of that so much, and yet uh, uh, it was read this morning in Ephesians uh, six about the uh, the armor that is worn by the soldier he says put on the full armor of god and this is speaking to those in ephesus and he says put on the full armor of god well you don't put armor on unless you're a soldier and so again paul is speaking to us we're to put on the full armor of god so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil and of course, we read about, did we? The, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. And, uh, and so we need to be fully, fully prepared because the, the schemes of the devil. The sword of the Spirit. Of the Amen. That's so true. And uh, we also see here the sacrifice involved in verse 3. He says, endure hardships. And uh, we find that, of course, there's intense struggle spiritually. And it's not easy being a soldier, as you uh, uh, we can see in warfare. Uh, being on active duty. Being on active duty is not necessarily easy, and it's not safe, but... Uh, their hardships, their risk. There's even suffering. By the way, if you're on duty, it's 24 hours. It's not eight hours a day. But being a soldier is 24 hours, and uh, soldiers have to give their life. They have to give their life to their country, to the other men in in their platoon or or whatever. We find even with Timothy, it says in the in Hebrews 13.23, shortly after probably Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, take notice that our brother Timothy has been released from prison. So Paul is telling him, you may end up in prison. He did. And we may end up in prison. I hope not. We never know. But, uh, and he says uh, that uh, soldiers are to give their life. And that means... Uh, being deprived of rest, of sleep, of warmth, possibly. Uh, My dad talks about, on Guadalcanal, how uh, they were put in foxholes around the perimeter of the airfield that the Japs had uh, built and they had captured. And he says it was their job to stay awake all night, two men in a foxhole, one awake at all times, and be ready for an advance uh, by the Japanese. And he says, all night long you could hear the Japanese, you dive, Marine, you dive, Marine. And so being a soldier is not easy. The foxhole, of course, many times being full of water. And, uh, you know, a soldier can't say to his uh, sergeant, you know, I just don't feel like fighting today, sergeant. Mm -hmm. But isn't that... A lot of times, our attitude towards the Christian life. Lord, I just don't feel like fighting. And yet, Paul says, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Uh, Dad tells about uh, Lieutenant Benson, who I got to meet. He's about this tall. He was tough at 70 when I met him. I wouldn't have taken him on. But Dad said, Lieutenant Benson, after putting the Marines in those foxholes, He said, look, I'm going to be behind y'all with a BAR. And he said, do not, do not, and I repeat, this is an order, do not get out of those foxholes and come back here looking for mommy. Mommy is not back here. The only thing you're going to find is a BAR because I will kill anything on top of the ground. And so that was an order. And Dad says, when he said it, you got the message. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what warfare is, though. Being a soldier is like it's obeying orders. Uh, uh, we know we're given in instruction in the scriptures, for instance, pray without ceasing. That's not if you want to, if you feel like it. Uh, no, that's a command. Uh, love the brethren. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. You see, and these uh, are things that we do in this Christian life. And so there will be mistreatment, there will be hardships, and we, we have to accept that. In 1 Thessalonians 3, 4, For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. In Philippians one twenty nine, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him, but also to what? To suffer for his sake. And we find that all through uh, Paul's writings that uh, the Christian life is is, uh, sometimes full of hardships and mistreatment. And uh, we as Christians tolerate a lot and yet the world has very little tolerance of us, if we really speak the truth. Billy Graham was, uh, in 1956, uh, people didn't like what Billy Graham said, and yet he was right. He said, Jesus is intolerant when it comes to matters of salvation. And that's true. And we should not uh, be tolerant of someone who is not preaching the pure gospel. We should not tolerate that. And when Jesus said, uh, and we know this verse, Jesus said to to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Very clear, very clear. And also in Acts 4.12 we read, and there is salvation in no one else. Peter said this, For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. You know, that is being intolerant. That is telling it the way it is. And there are going to be people who are not going to like that. People do not like, lost people do not like the gospel because it says that they have nothing to do with their salvation and they must trust Christ alone and uh, and so, uh, yes, we have free speech and we must speak the truth. And uh, sad to say, it probably will not be tolerated by the world because there will be persecution. And let me say this, if you're not preaching the clear gospel, uh, people will probably not be mad at you, will not be upset at what you say. They were with Jesus. He told them the truth. They, they crucified him. Uh, and Paul and others did the same. And of course, many of them uh, died. James was sawed asunder. And uh, so they were not tolerated. And now he's, he says in verse 4, uh, Paul says not to be entangled. He says no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. When you're in the army, if you're in active duty, uh, you're, you're there to fight. You're there to obey orders. You're there. and You don't entangle yourself with things that are going on maybe in the city nearby and say, well, Sarge, you know, I'm going into the city and having a good time and uh, I'm going to start a business while I'm there. And uh, no, you stay right here and you do You do what I tell you to do. And put aside, as I would say, anything that would hinder the gospel. Hinders the gospel. Lay it aside. I don't care what it is. If it's hindering the gospel, uh, it can be uh, uh, good things. Uh, It can be a hobby. Uh, It can be an interest. It can be a friend. If anything consumes you, Paul says, if it's hindering you, if it's entangling you, put it aside. If it's a snare to you, uh, do away with it. Even politics can become a snare. I've known Christians who wouldn't talk about Christ, but they'll talk about politics all day long. People don't need politics. People need Christ. And so let us all uh, hear that. Uh, And our satisfaction and our aim is to please Him. He says, does he not, uh, who enlisted us? Christ. He's the one who enlisted us, and we are to please him. That's our goal. My goal is to please him, not to please you. Uh, I'm going to tell the truth. Now, you can disagree, and that's fine, but I'm going to tell you what God's laid on my heart uh, because uh, I want to please Christ. I'm going to preach Christ crucified, And uh, risen again for our justification. Uh, That's my goal. That's my aim, because I want to please Him, and I know that pleases Him. So, uh, their lives at stake in this. Their lives, their souls at stake in this. Just like in an army, your buddy's life is at stake if you don't aim straight, uh, and and so forth. Uh, And then we know what Paul said. In Galatians 1.10, for I am now seeking. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. If I came and did nothing but please you and preached these little uh, uh, twenty-minute sermonette kind of things, and and you said, oh, wasn't that? Uh, wonderful and oh it made me feel so good and oh everything is you know kumbaya or whatever and you go I would not be pleasing my savior In a lot of churches you can go today and you can have your ears tickled you can hear how good you are and uh, uh, God loves everybody that message is out there but you're not going to hear it here you know uh, you're going to hear, the tr- hopefully, the truth. And again, don't take it just because I say it. But uh, uh, we, need to, we need to be pleasing our Savior. Please Him. Uh, be faithful to death. Hold the line. You know, I imagine the men at the Alamo. Imagine that. The line was drawn. If you're going to stay here, you're going to die here. But you can leave if you want. Every man cross that line. No, nope, we're going to stand. We're going to fight. We should be the, uh, have that same attitude. Uh, what is our desire? To hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. That's our desire, is it not? Yeah. To please him, to glorify him. Secondly, we see a Christian is to be an athlete. That's found in verse 5. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. Boy, here's a lot here. Uh, here we're called to self-discipline and obedience. Uh, compete uh, has the idea of uh, struggling and wrestling. That, uh, and it means according to the rules. In other words, no rules, no wreath. If you don't abide by the rules, you get no crown. Uh, uh, You must compete according to the rules. It's interesting in the Olympic Games of those days, uh, you had to follow certain rules just in order to compete. First of all, you had to be a native-born Greek uh, to compete. And uh, the games. And then also you had to follow the rules uh, for training. You had to train for at least 10 months. And you had to swear before Zeus that you were going to do this. Then you have uh, had to live a a strict life denying yourself of, of lawful pleasures. So... Competing in the games was not an easy thing. You couldn't skip training based on how you felt. Well, Lord, I just don't feel like praying today. Lord, I just don't feel... Then you couldn't compete as an athlete in the Olympics because you had to follow these rules. Uh, each rule, each, each event had exact rules that you followed. Even in how you... Uh, uh, Lined up to throw a discus or whatever. They had rules that had to be... And if you broke the rule, you didn't get the crown. So Paul here is being very specific, using examples. And so, is the Christian life then like a hundred-yard dash? Is the Christian life like the hundred-yard dash? No, most of the time it's not. It's like a marathon. Uh it demands uh, stickability. It's a long race. matter of fact, it's all of life. And uh, that's what the, the Christian life is like. Somebody said, and it was Dr. Bob, he used to say, the test of your character is what it takes to stop you. I think that's good. The, the test of your character is what it takes to stop you. But the Christian is to fall and get up and get going, to keep going on. You get winded, and yet you keep going. There's sacrifice, -sacrifice, self-sacrifice, competing according to the rules. In doing this, you cannot say, well, uh, you know, really the end justifies the means. If good comes from what I do, it doesn't really matter How I do it, as long as good comes from it, that is not not scriptural. We're to compete and follow God's word. Uh, Well, wait a minute. If you abort a baby, it makes the mother happy. No. It's murder. It's murder. You never do wrong in order that even if, it makes somebody happy. You don't break God's word. Imagine running a marathon, and this has actually happened before where somebody won, but they realized they cut, they cut across and, uh, and won uh, by not following the rules. But imagine running the 440 and you're behind, and all of a sudden you just cut across the track and you win the race. Did you win the race? No, because you didn't compete according to the rules, and uh, uh you don't take shortcuts you follow you follow the word of God and what it says and uh more and more today we're seeing it doesn't really matter what god's word says either it doesn't really matter what god's word says uh You can just be saved by keeping the law. If you're a good person, uh, you'll, you'll make it. Because it makes you feel good, it must be right. That's the sort of thinking. Christ did not come to abolish the law. He did not come to say the Ten Commandments are not to be followed anymore but he says we're saved by grace through faith and that keeping the law does not save you. The law only condemns you. And yet that today has been questioned is uh, uh, let's just do away with the law. There are no rules anymore. Just live by grace, be led by the Holy Spirit. No, you're led and taught The Holy Spirit takes His Word and applies it to our hearts. And you follow God's Word. Why? It's truth. His Word is truth. That's why we follow it. We don't follow it because it may have truth in it. No, we follow it because it is uh, truth. And so, a real Christian keeps... God's law. We've been looking at that in Sunday school. Uh, Essentially, he keeps the law of God. Why? Because of what Christ has done for him. Not to be saved. No. By grace, you're saved through faith. But when you're saved, then your attitude is changed and you want to please God. You're no longer living for self, but you want to please Him. And so, we find that... uh, in that sense, as, as Andrew did well this morning explaining that, you're justified by works and faith in the sense that works will follow true faith. Obedience will follow true faith. It doesn't save you by being obedient. You can be, you can be a good person and help little old ladies across the street and give money to church and attend every Sunday. That doesn't save you. But if you're not doing those things and you're saying, well, it really doesn't matter how I live my life because I trusted Jesus 30 years ago and I'm okay uh, even though I don't go to church, I never pray, I don't read God's word, I, uh, uh, I hate this, this race or that race, but I'm a Christian. What does he say? James says, it's dead. You don't have true, genuine, saving faith uh, of God. Working in you. And uh, so it does matter. It does matter uh, what we believe because it is God's word uh, and it's truth. Um, so we find in uh, 1 John chapter 3 verses 4 through 10. Everyone who practices sin... Notice, practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. Again, that means practice sin. He doesn't have a lifestyle of sinning. He's been changed, and that's, that's the idea there, because no one who abides in him sins. We're all lost then, because we all sin, right? Right? So that's what he's talking about a lifestyle, practices sin. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. Again, it's practice. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed, Christ's seed, abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now again, this practicing is the idea. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor the one who does not love his brother. You see, there is, a, there is a change that takes place when Christ, and then in James, not to steal uh, Andrew's uh, thunder here, but he says, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Very clear. And uh, we need to be clear today in preaching the gospel. We need to tell people, yeah, you're saved by grace through faith. But when you're saved, when you're born again, then uh, we're to examine ourselves, as Andrew said this morning, to see if we are in the faith. And uh, it's not uh, a bad thing to do because we must compete. An athlete must compete according to the rules. If you don't obey the rules, you don't get the crown. It's interesting in 1912, Jim Thorpe uh, won two gold medals. And I don't know if they've been re- reinstated or not. I'm not sure of the history of that. But anyway, they were taking, taken away from him uh, when he won them in the 1909 uh, Olympics. Why? Because he had played professional baseball in 19. Uh, 09 and 10 in the olympics was in uh, 1912 and so he was stripped of those gold medals why because you were not supposed to be a professional you had to be an amateur you see he broke the rule but he won the race but he did not follow the rules Uh, that's how important it is lastly we see the farmer the farmer and in verse six we we read about the the farmer in 2 Timothy 2.6 it says, The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive the share of his crops. <laughs> uh, this is a call to hard work. Now th- We as Christians don't like this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what's the difference in being a farmer and an athlete or a soldier? Why, why did he list a farmer here? Well, because much of the Christian life is just hard work. Okay? Uh, An athlete, we know, uh, uh, is usually competing with the stands full of spectators and football is played where you have all of these, these fans cheering you on and hurrah, hurrah. But what is a farmer like? There are no stands around a field. I've never seen. I don't see people out there cheering him on, right? Why? It's hard work, yeah. And it's, it's, there is no uh, ex, uh, excitement, uh, no cheers. Uh, not like there is in being uh, uh, even in the uh, army where you can see the world. Uh, flying a million dollar plane or whatever. It's a mundane. Farmer's life is mundane. It means to toil to exhaustion. And that's what Paul is saying here. It's a sacrifice to labor. It means cutting out weeds and pests all the time. Speaking against heresy. Uh, that's hard to speak against heresy uh, as a Christian when heresy comes about. and Because uh, you're not going to receive cheers and and accolades for calling sin, sin. Uh, it's hard work. Uh, you uh, many times will plow. Many times you will plant. Many in, in water. Uh, you will use spray. Shouldn't, but uh, you will, you will uh, weed. in no crop. That's what a farmer has to face. Talk about a, a, a profession of faith. It's a farmer. Because you don't have a guarantee you're going to get a crop. You know, uh, and we are in this battle together, and we're farmers, and we're planting seed and some water. And, 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 uh, but the satisfaction is that uh, there, will be, there will be a harvest because God's word will never return void and uh, so uh, this is in all kinds of weather too uh, I found that out in Africa it's, it's different over there uh, uh, there are disappointments that we face uh, there, there are uh, droughts uh, but a farmer also is to have stickability stickability you don't go out and plant the seed and the next day After that, go out and reap the harvest. You see, it takes hard work and it takes time. You can preach to people and tell people about Christ uh, and God must open their heart. But we're to stick to it. We're to be faithful, as Paul is instructing Timothy, to be like a farmer. Uh, And there will be satisfaction, though, that comes from that because they receive the crop. They have a share of the crop. And I think that can mean several things. I think it can mean that your faith will be strengthened as you tell people about Christ. And I think one of the best ways to learn is to teach. You know, you can sit there and try to soak something in, but if you teach it yourself, you're going to be strengthened uh, and, and t- teachers benefit more uh, many times than their students do. Amen. And so, and, and Andrew will amen that because he's experienced that. And, uh, but uh, there will be a time of gathering. And let us never forget that. Uh, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. See, we can't do this part. See, so We can't do that part. We plant, we water, we weed, we do whatever, but God is the one who causes the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. As if he didn't say it clear the first time, he says it, uh, uh, that statement again. And so what is he saying in all of this? Uh, what, is, what is Paul telling Timothy In all of this. You know you better count the cost. You got to count the cost. To follow Christ. Turn to Luke chapter 9. This this thought just hit me. Luke chapter 9. I don't have the verse on the board. In verse 23. Of uh, Luke 9. Luke 9 23. And we'll be done. And he was saying to them all. If anyone wishes to come after me, that is to be my disciple, uh, he must, what, deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You've got to die to yourself. Just like a soldier does. Just like an athlete does. or sacrifices involved to follow Christ. Just like in a farmer, you have to trust God uh, like a farmer does. Uh... A soldier suffers and he does not entangle himself with the world. An athlete, it's, it's self-sacrifice and obedience to the rules. And a farmer means working to exhaustion. Very clear here, I think, what we're to do. We're to say no to self-pity. We're to say no to self-importance. We're to say no to self-confidence. We're to say no to self-interest. That's denying yourself. To be a follower of Christ. Very, very clear. And then to say, Lord, after all of that, after saying all of that, we need to ask ourselves, then Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me? Not somebody you're thinking of right now in this church who needs to get busy and do something. I'm not, ta- I, you know, we just kind of pass the buck. We say, oh, he's talking about uh, Jim in the back there, or oh boy, he's really describing. No, what does God want you to do? Amen. I don't, you know, it may be greeting people at the, uh, but it's denying yourself. In some can be small ways, and you start with small things, and it gets bigger. As God, as you're faithful, God will open the doors, and uh, it's it's dying to self, dying to self, and that's these three examples here, of an athlete, and a farmer, and a soldier. Let's pray, Father, uh, you've made your word so clear, uh, Lord. Uh, but Lord, we stumble over simple truth. We try to make something so simple, uh, so hard many times. And, but Lord, you've made it very clear that we're to deny ourselves, to take up the cross and follow you. Lord, uh, we're so full of self. We're all so full of what makes us happy, uh, the easy road. But Lord, help us to be a good soldier, to be a good athlete, to be a good farmer. God, we need your help. We need your power and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.